This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 22, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Hillary Clinton's support for so many U.S. military interventions shouldn't be forgotten. Chris Preble, Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, talks about Clinton's recent performances in Democratic debates relating to foreign policy. Republicans have had a terrible time trying to uh, differentiate themselves from uh, Barack Obama, uh, uh, outlining strategies that are the same but better in some ways, uh, as you've as you, we've discussed before. So how have uh, Democrats like Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton done to make this strategy that doesn't appear to be working very well? Uh, how do they, what do they have to offer? Well, the one thing that Bernie Sanders can say, which Hillary Clinton cannot, is that he voted against the Iraq war. And he says that consistently. And uh, in the most recent debate, he also reminded people that he had voted against the first Gulf War. So he has, uh, he believes, a fairly strong and, and credible track record of opposing U.S. military action abroad, whereas Hillary Clinton does not. In fact, Hillary Clinton has supported the use of force. She uh, has subsequently expressed some regret for her vote in favor of the Iraq resolution in 2002. Um, but in the, the most recent debate, there was quite a bit of discussion about the war in Libya. Uh, Clinton was was had a ready response to this. She pointed out that that uh, Bernie Sanders had voted for a resolution authorizing the UN Security Council to take action against uh, Libya. So, it's she believes it's hard for him to sort of stand you know hold himself out as being different from everyone else because when uh, uh, you know when the when the chips were down, when we had to make make a, a call, he voted in favor of the resolution. But that, but a UN Security Council resolution is a very different thing than voting to authorize uh, a fairly open-ended use of force in a country and surrounding areas against a particular or not too particular group of people. I agree. On style and, and to a certain extent on substance, I think Sanders won this particular part of the debate. Uh, and, and if nothing else, he mentioned several times the idea of unintended consequences of not thinking through the ramifications of the use of force. Again, there's an irony here because Bernie Sanders doesn't, doesn't think through unintended consequences when it t- comes to doing any number of things in the domestic economy, which, which he seems not to understand that, that uh, point. Um, the trouble, of course, is that Bernie Sanders is not going to be the next president of the United States, uh, uh, and I don't believe that he is even a serious uh, challenger to Hillary Clinton, which is why she, if anything, uh, kind of tacked in a more hawkish direction over the last 48 to 72 hours. And um, it, it signals, I think, that she uh, believes that uh, that when you know at the end of the day, even if some liberals and progressives are are unhappy with her support for the use of force in the past, uh, that that at the end of the day they'll support her and they won't uh, you know stay home or take their vote somewhere else, and uh, and therefore she's likely to be fairly hawkish. Um, uh, as, she, as she has been, uh, not really very ex- consistently, very consistently, not really exhibiting any uh, lessons learned in terms of the Iraq War or uh, the Libyan intervention. Uh, you know, the, the way she applied it essentially to the war in Syria is: uh, had we done the same thing in Libya, in Syria that we did in Libya, uh, that 250,000 Syrians wouldn't be dead right now. That's basically what she said in that debate. Uh, so. So I think you know the the message is that uh, that her regret is that we did not act more decisively in Syria uh, two or three years ago. It's it's a reminder that um, 
while there are critics like Bernie Sanders or on the Republican side, Rand Paul, who reflect on U.S. foreign policy over the last 20 or so years and pointing out the high costs of being the world's policeman and the dubious benefits, pointing out the unintended consequences, pointing out that uh, in our you know quest to spread liberty and democracy, we have uh, certainly inadvertently, I think, uh, created chaos instead and undermined our security. They make all of these points um, and they are uh, both uh, on the fringes of their of the party, even though again the public opinion reveals quite a bit of agreement with them in terms of dissatisfaction of the public at large with U.S. foreign policy. Uh, but the the durability of the elite consensus around intervention uh, is quite strong, and the me- the lesson that the interventionists take away is not uh, kind of questioning the wisdom of going in in the first place, but rather. Uh, trying harder, doing more, being smarter about it, uh, and but just doing more of it. Uh, but more than, basically, is what it all comes down to. And um, it's, it's unfortunate. It's, it's sad. And I worry, of course, that it, uh, that it uh, in the end, undermines U.S. security because there's very little evidence that uh, the, the frequent uh, interventions of the last 20 or 25 years have uh, advanced U.S. security and, I think, considerable evidence to the contrary that they've actually undermined it. Among Republicans, it is... Um I guess, a taboo to be critical of U.S. foreign policy decisions. I suppose it is somewhat less taboo among Democrats, but Hillary Clinton doesn't, doesn't really do that. She's not, right. she's not critical of uh, this president particularly. Uh, Demo- uh, Republicans want to be critical, but they have not a whole lot else uh, to offer. It's, in some ways, it, it's the idea that American exceptional, exceptionalism should be treated as just this sort of inherent, uh, based on nothing, um, state of being that we possess and will possess uh, forever into the future. Right. I mean, I wish we'd ha- I wish we would have a more honest and open debate about what it actually means to be exceptional. Um, but, because I, I, I certainly share an idea that the United States is an exceptional country, but I certainly disagree with, with, the, with the standard definition that the elites propose, which is that we are exceptional because we are willing to use force in a frequent fashion in many places, even when U.S. interests are not in any way uh, engaged. So I think that's unfortunate. I do think that Republicans are willing to criticize uh, foreign policy uh, of a Democratic president, just as Democrats were more willing to criticize the foreign policy of a Republican president. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, there is this quite uh, quite tidy consensus around the idea that the United States is the world's policeman. We should fight other people's wars for them so that they don't do it themselves. Uh, and that if, uh, if our interventions unleash chaos in the aftermath, the lesson to take away is that we should have uh, anticipated that and uh, done more to prevent the chaos, not, uh, not going in in the first place. Chris Prabble is Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.